welcome to the Faith Heights Church audio podcast. We pray that this message will bless you and feed your faith as you listen in today. All right, let's go ahead. We're going to pray and we're going to see the direction the Lord has for us because I shared last week some things. Father, as we move forward now in this service, we already prayed that you would give us direction. But now concerning the order of this service and the specifics of this service, Lord, we're asking for your anointing upon our ears, upon my tongue, on the words that I speak, so that we can get this meeting to where you want it to be and the future meetings on Wednesday night where you want it to be. Father, if you want us to pray tonight, we'll pray. If you want us to be quiet, just listen to our hearts as you speak to us, we'll sit here for 45 minutes or an hour, just quiet. If you want prophecies to come forth, we're expecting that to happen. If you want tongues and interpretation, if you want words of wisdom, words of knowledge, if you want testimonies that are in in the realm of prophecy, whatever you want, if you want a mini teaching, if you want whatever you want, Lord, We want it. We're believers here tonight, and we've come ready to be used, ready to receive, ready for anything you have for us in the name of Jesus. Lord, lift us up to higher places. Help us to grow and develop in the manifestations of the Spirit. Help us to move forward as a church body, realizing that the pastor is not the only one gifted and graced so we can get the fullness of what heaven wants for us. Father, we know there's things we can experience tonight that maybe wouldn't be proper on a Sunday morning. So take us into those areas. Anything you have for us, we want it. We thank you for it and the wonderful results. In the name of Jesus, amen. So how many of you were not here last Wednesday night? Excuse me. Okay, so last Wednesday we talked about a direction we're going to be moving into on Wednesday nights and it's called Believers Meetings where mostly believers are here and not just coming with a a regular format like a Sunday morning, three songs, an offering, a message. I'm not really going to study up for Wednesday nights. I'm going to pray up. I'm going to pray up big time. But I don't want to just be in the mode of, I'm going to preach another sermon. Although that's going to happen. Don't get me wrong. If God wants us to be a teaching meeting on one Wednesday night, let's just teach. Let's emphasize teaching. And I'm going to read a couple things to you out of Brother Hagen's book, Plans, Purposes, and Pursuits. It's concerning a vision the Lord gave to Brother Kenneth Hagen in 1987, where he actually woke him up in the middle of the night, took him up in the spirit above the Tulsa Convention Center like at 2, 3 in the morning, <clears throat> started showing him the upcoming meetings, which are coming up in a couple weeks, in their camp meeting there at the Convention Center. And the Lord began to show him the future and to show him those meetings And he started addressing some things that were happening in the meeting and he had some correction for the Christians and he had some words of wisdom for what the church needed at that time and it's still pertinent today. Great book. If you don't have it, it's one of those books you should have in your library and never give it away. If you want somebody to have one, buy them a new one. Keep the one you bought because you're going to have precious notes in there that you don't want to give away. But he's got a chapter in here entitled, What's Your Purpose? And so I want to read a little bit out of this chapter, and there's some scriptures he's going to bring out too, so we will go to them. I know I can give you a little head start if you want. Go to 1 Corinthians 14. 1 Corinthians chapter 14. And for the overhead projectionist, um, in just a minute we'll be turning 
to verse 26, but then we'll bounce around back and forth a little bit. But before you put that up there, let me just read you a couple things Brother Hagen said about believers' meetings. And this is concerning the vision he had in 1987 where the Lord talked to him personally about the state of the church. So it starts off, chapter 4 starts off with Jesus saying something in this vision. Even when men get my plan, Jesus said to me in the early morning visitation of 1987, oftentimes their purposes are wrong. Some people get my plan, Jesus said. I speak to them, but in trying to carry out that plan, their purposes become wrong. So I cannot bless them because man's purposes and pursuits must be lined up with my plans and purposes for the fullness of my blessing. Then Ken Hagen goes on, he says, you can have the right plan with the wrong purpose. Even in our individual church services and meetings, we can miss God's purpose and fall short of his best. As I was caught up in the spirit with Jesus, he told me that he had a plan and a purpose for every meeting. Quote, this is quoting Jesus again. When it comes to having church, when it comes to services, when it comes to meetings, Jesus said, men make their own plans and then ask me to bless their plans. I bless them as far as I can, but I cannot put my full approval and blessing upon that because men are pursuing their own plans. Then he spoke to me about different kinds of meetings, believers meetings, evangelistic meetings, healing meetings, teaching meetings, prayer meetings, worship services, and so forth. He said, quote, when you're, where you're missing it today in your culture in the United States is you try to put all those kinds of meetings into one service and you never really reach the full potential of any meeting. And that's not the Lord's will. I don't want uh, far as I can blessings. I want the full blessing, don't you? And sometimes, he says, in a camp meeting type setting, we have the time to combine many different kinds of services. However, people in a church setting often try to have constant camp meeting or all crusade type services. You can't have camp meeting all the time. In order for people to grow in a balanced spiritual diet, they need all kinds of meetings. When we try to have all kinds of meetings in one, more of them, excuse me, none of them are successful as they should be. Then the Holy Spirit is hindered from moving like he wants to move because man is operating according to his own purpose and not according to God's purpose. Although his power will be in manifestation as much, in, as, much as possible, under the circumstances, it won't be all that God has in store for us. But if we'll learn God's, if we'll learn God's purpose for each meeting and emphasize that, we'll have success in every meeting we hold. I'm reciting to you things that the Lord said to me during this visitation. I don't know about you, but some of these things he said corrected my thinking. And then he goes on and talks about believers' meetings. Let me just read this, then we'll go to the scripture. Brother Hagen said, One kind of meeting that we don't see much in the local church is a believers' meeting. People in the early church went to church because they had something. Today, most people go to church to get something. Well, if you have to go to church to get something, that's fine. But really, Christians ought to bring something with them when they come to church. And then he talks about we find believers meeting specifically mentioned in Scripture. Look at 1 Corinthians 14 and look at verse 26. 
Paul's writing to the church at Corinth. He said in verse 26, if you want to put that up on the screen, 1 Corinthians 14, 26. How is it then, brethren? Who's he talking to? Everybody in the community? Everybody in the city? No, Christians. How is it then, brethren, when you brethren come together, every one of you has a psalm, which is awesome, has a doctrine, has a tongue, has a revelation. That could be word of wisdom, word of knowledge, discerning of spirits, has an interpretation. Let all things be done unto edifying. So this is talking about a believer's meeting. Paul's saying, hey, brethren, church people, when you come together, every one of you has something. Now that's cool. Like he said, nothing wrong with coming to church to get something that you need. Nothing wrong with coming to church to hear a good word, to get something in the area of hearing the word, prayer meeting, or maybe somebody gives you money or something when you come to church or helps you. Nothing wrong with that. Church is supposed to help us when we need help. But is that all that church is about? Mm -mm. This scripture here says, when you come to, now I thought it was interesting, he said every one of you. I think every one of us at times should have something. Come to church with something. There's sometimes people who say, well, I, I would love to teach behind the pulpit in church sometime. Well, are you ever ready? Are you waiting for the invitation? And then you're going to get ready. But God's way is get ready and then the invitation will probably come. Right? Yeah. What's the old saying? Uh, when the student is ready, the master will appear. When the student's ready to learn, then the teacher will show up. Well, it could be the way around too. When the teacher's ready, the opportunity to minister will come. We don't wait for the invitation and then get ready. It's good to go to church ready, you know, because if you go to church like you're going to be called up to say something or preach something or teach something or do something, you'll be way more in the receptive mode in that service to receive way better what the Lord does have for you. There's something about it. I tell people all the time, if you want it, if you want, if you need healing, study healing like you've got to preach it tomorrow and the next day and the next day and the next day because when you study to teach something or preach something it really gets in you it's like it's the meditation part you meditate on the word and you chew it and you get it on the inside of you um, he went on to say something else here um, let's read a little farther verse 27 it says if any man speak in an unknown tongue let it be by two, or at the most by three, and that by course, and let one interpret. But if there be no interpreter, let him keep silence in the church, and let him speak to himself and to God. Let the prophet speak two or three, and let the other judge. So he's talking here about believers coming together, operating in the gifts of the Spirit, edifying one another supernaturally. When they came together, they had psalms. Where'd they get those psalms from? Answer, not from necessarily the book of Psalms. They were getting their own Psalms, like David got his own Psalms, like Asaph got their own Psalms. You can get your own Psalms at home, and sometimes the Lord say, bring that to church, that'll edify the body, not just you. That'll edify your church family, not just you. And if you read through scriptures, you'll find out we are encouraged at home 
even beyond the four walls of the church, to speak to ourselves in psalms, in hymns, in spiritual songs, singing and making melody in your heart to the Lord. There's been times I've spoken out psalms at home, wrote them down, and the Lord said, take that piece of paper to church and read that psalm to the congregation because it's not just for you. Just like David's psalms were not just for him. Anybody ever get blessed through David's psalms? Psalm 23, Psalm 91, Psalm 37, Psalm 27. Anybody ever get blessed by those psalms? Well, they were for David and others because he wasn't the only author of the book of Psalms. But we get blessed today because they're anointed. And you're going to get anointed words sometimes at home that your church body is going to need to hear and you need to come with something. Every one of you hath. Every one of you has something. That's a revelation. Read it again in verse 26. How is it then, brethren, when you come together, that's a church meeting, Every one of you has a psalm. Now, a psalm is something you'll get from the Lord. It, it doesn't have to be sung. It can be chanted. It can be recited. It can rhyme. It cannot rhyme. But there's an element of poetry about a psalm from the Holy Spirit. It's not always rhyming every line like a song. Like, you know, you sit down and think, oh, i got to get these rhyming words. But there's an element of poetry about it. And it's supernatural. And it's powerful. And it will get you through storms in life more than even medication can at times. God will give you psalms like he gave to King David, and it does way better than medication at times. I mean, that, this supersedes everything in the natural. They're supernatural. They're inspired. You know, we need to, as Christians, we need to be doing a lot of praying in tongues, and we need to be doing a lot of speaking out of our spirits in the understanding in this area of psalms and hymns and spiritual songs. Now, if you're not a singer, you'll probably operate more in the psalm area. Or they, you know, you may not be singing a hymn or singing a spiritual song, but you know, you can quote lyrics to a song. You don't have to sing them. And but just like just like the Book of Psalms has healed and miraculously, I mean, Dodie Osteen is healed from metastatic cancer of the liver still today after decades because of a scripture in the Book of Psalms. She found the scripture that said, "I will live and not die and declare the works of the Lord." <clears throat> she latched on to that psalm that God gave David. I think David was the one that spoke that one. She latched on to that and she overcame metastatic cancer of the liver. So you see how important this is at times to bring things to church? I mean, you can get these things at home, driving down the road. There's been times I've, I've gone through some of the craziest, most vicious tests and trials of my life and I just sat down and just started speaking out of my spirit with tears running down my eyes. God, you are greater than all. You are the king of glory. I'm your child. You're my father. I can't lose because you can't lie. I'm coming out of this. You've got a plan for my life. You forgive all my iniquities. You heal all my diseases. A lot of times as I'm speaking in Psalms, it's mixed with David's Psalms that he's already spoken out, but then it goes out into this almost this original area that's just for me. And there's times the Lord's going to want you to bring some of those things to church. Hymns. Maybe you get a hymn, you know, a spiritual hymn, not something out of a hymnal necessarily, something fresh, hot off the wire, or a spiritual song. And some people call to the ministry of music, they'll probably maybe operate in this more. But isn't it cool to think that we're going to be moving into these, not think, but we are going to be moving into meetings where we're coming together Wednesday night or, or even beyond, that we're not just relying on pastor to be prayed up and see what he has to say. There's more the Lord wants to do. Teaching meetings is just one kind of meeting out of about six or seven that the Lord wants us to have. There's healing meetings he wants us to have at times, worship meetings he wants us to have at times. And the emphasis in a worship meeting is not teaching. And the emphasis in a teaching meeting is not worship. 
And so we need to really be led. Um, something interesting here, and I think it has a twofold meaning. If you go back to the verse 27, it says, If any man speak in an unknown tongue, let it be by two or at the most by three, and that by course, and let one interpret. Um, so I, when I read this, you know, first when I started reading this, I was thinking about when he says, let one interpret, I was thinking, well, what's he talking about there? Well, interpreting the tongues, right? But if you look a little bit deeper, look here, it says, go down a little verse, verse 28, but if there be no interpreter, let him keep silence in the church and let him speak to himself and to God. A part of this, and I'm seeing it more and more clearly as I read this, not only is he talking about somebody who has interpretation of tongues, but he's talking about somebody in the meeting who actually is interpreting the meeting, knowing, you know, who, you got a message in tongues. Go ahead and give it out. Brother so-and-so, you got something, give it out. So-and-so, I sense the Lord has you wanting to do something right now in this meeting. There's, there's like somebody in charge, in leadership, under the Holy Spirit, interpreting how the meeting should go. They're sensing in their spirit. Somebody's got a tongue. Who is that? And maybe they'll ask for somebody to raise their hand or maybe they'll just be pointed out and say, do you have something, brother? Do you have something, sister? Why don't you come up and give it out? Maybe a song, a part of a song, something the Lord gives you right on the spot. Maybe you got part of it at home and the rest of it comes in a meeting like this. Maybe you got part of a psalm at home and the full psalm comes forth in a meeting like this. A lot of things in a meeting like we're talking about, believers meeting, happen on the spot. I know personally in this area of speaking in tongues publicly, not praying in tongues, which all of us can do, but speaking in tongues publicly that needs an interpretation. I found this out that a lot of, and even prophecy. Actually, I should, I should be saying prophecy here because there's been times the Lord's told me, prophesy, son of man. And all he gave me was three words. Well, Lord, either that's going to be the shortest prophecy that's ever been on record, or you're going to give me more as I step out in faith with those three words, then I'm going to get a fourth word, and a fifth word, and a phrase, and a sentence, and a paragraph. See, a lot of times the Lord will give you just enough to step out in faith, and then you have to believe him for the rest. Many times that's happened to me. There's been times I knew I was supposed to speak in tongues and interpret, but all I, I knew a little bit about the interpretation, like let's say it was something about the end times or um, you know, something like that. It's like all I know is that all I've got is angels, end times, and powers of the world to come. So what do I do? I just start there. And after that, the words just come and prophecy kicks in and the bubbling forth starts happening. You know, the, the definition of the word prophecy is to bubble forth like a fountain. It means the words are not just coming from your own being. God's putting something in you and pouring it out from you. And you, you all know that prophecy and tongues and interpretation are equivalent. It's like two nickels and a dime. They, they, they value the same. Um, prophecy is a little bit higher gift because it doesn't require the two, it's just the one. But it's really cool the way the Lord set this in the church. He's really wanting us to grow spiritually. Um, let me read you a couple things here. Now, in a believer's meeting, it's interesting, and we're going to go to another scripture here in just a minute. In a believer's meeting, because doors are open to the public, an unbeliever may walk in once in a while into one of our believer's meetings. Now, an evangelistic meeting... We are swinging the doors wide open. We are advertising, bring people. This is an evangelistic meeting and there'll be things we can do in the evangelistic meeting 
that we really don't need to do in a believer's meeting, and there's things we do in believer's meetings we don't want to do in an evangelistic meeting. How many of you know that if a bunch of unsaved people are in our church and we're just deciding to just, you know, just dance and shout and spit and run and hit the wall and, uh, and don't get me wrong, I mean, I, I'm for that kind of a meeting. It's wonderful, rolling around and swinging from the lights and, you know, having a meeting like that. Now, if God says do that on a Sunday morning, we will. But at the same time, we don't want to just do that on Sunday morning and demonstrate that in our own power when it's an evangelistic meeting because people don't understand. Even Paul said, watch out about praying and speaking in tongues when there's unlearned people present. They won't understand. They won't be edified. You're edified, but they're not. And when we're having an evangelistic meeting, I thought it was interesting Brother Hagen said in this book here that when they had evangelistic meetings, they had them on purpose by the leading of the Lord. And he said there, are, he told his congregation, he said, now, we're coming tonight because tonight's an evangelistic meeting. We had our believers meeting this morning. We're coming tonight. It's evangelistic. We're coming with the unchurched and the unsaved sinner in mind. We're not coming in this meeting to worship God. I thought, whoa, man, Brother Hagen, what are you talking about? He said, we're not coming to worship God. We're coming with the unsaved and the unchurched person in mind. We need to think about, you know, what can we do to not spook them and scare them away and freak them out and however we're having this great time and at the same time we just blew our chances of seeing somebody come back because they don't understand those things. You have to be, you know, the unlearned, we have to respect that. The Bible talks about that. But at the same time, we have had meetings on a Sunday morning where we did do a little dancing and shouting and it was right because the Spirit of God led us to. We weren't believers practicing and doing what we want, demonstrating what we thought we wanted to do. We were actually being led by the Spirit. And um, he said, yeah, we, we come you know, with great music in the evangelistic meeting and we, we encourage the people, you know, this is not the time to shout and go spastic unless the Lord takes all of us that way. And if you're, if you're ever wondering about the direction of a meeting, always look and see what's happening through the leader. Don't just break out and do things beyond the leadership of the meeting. There's times a leader will say, it's time to party. <laughs> Kick off your shoes and let's dance and shout and praise God. Well, then go for it. So turn to 1 Corinthians 14, chapter, uh, chapter 14, verse 23. And look at what he says here about when an unbeliever walks into a meeting like this. Paul says, if therefore the whole church become together into one place, that's talking again about a believer's meeting, and all speak with tongues, and there come in those that are unlearned or unbelievers, will they not say that you are mad or crazy? <laughs> My cross-reference says crazy. But if all prophesy, now check this out, if somebody unchurched or unsaved does walk in, and we're all speaking on the inspiration of the Holy Ghost, and they understand what we're saying, and there come in one that believes not, or an unlearned. He is convinced of all, he is judged of all, and thus the secrets of his heart are made manifest, and so falling down on his face, he will worship God and report that God is in you of a truth. So, if we do believers' meetings the way we need to be doing them, and, you know, we're... we're we're operating in some of the things the way he's talking about here. And let's say an unbeliever did walk in and we're speaking under the inspiration of God and there's interpretation of tongues, not just tongues. And they walk in. Well, this scripture here says they're supposed to go, wow, God's in this place. I've never sensed a presence like this ever in my life. And they're supposed to fall down on their face, worship God, come to the altar, give their life to Jesus because we're doing it right. Yeah. 
That's cool. That's really cool. I thought that was a really cool thought there. Um, let me read a couple more things here. How many believers are supposed to have something from, from the Holy Spirit when we come together in a believer's meeting? Every one of you. Look at verse 26. How is it, brethren, when you come together that every one of you has these supernatural things going on in your life? <clears throat> Brother Hagen said here, God moved in some of the most unusual ways in those believers' meetings that he had in this church he pastored many years ago. But it was because we had real worship in our services, true worship. And we were careful to keep our worshiping in the spirit and to reverence God and to not get in the flesh. We didn't put on some kind of demonstration, but there was a demonstration of the spirit. And there is a difference. We are not to put on a demonstration, but we're to allow the demonstration of the Holy Spirit. Do you see the difference? None of the services in our believers' meetings in those days were alike. In some services, the Holy Ghost so came into the room and filled it with his presence that nobody moved. Nobody said a word. You were afraid to move or speak because a holy awe gripped the entire crowd. The presence of God filled his temple. You carry that present with you for months and months after a meeting like that. <clears throat> And he said, once in a while, an unsaved person would walk in and they would get saved. The Lord talked to me about the manifestation of his power in this visitation in July of 1987. He talked about the different kinds of meetings which Christians hold. And Jesus specifically mentioned believers meetings. If I were a pastor again at certain times, I'd have believers meetings. These meetings would not be for the general public. Things can happen when just believers are present that should not happen in a meeting open to the general public. But if anyone else happened to come in, they would get saved just as they did in Farmersville where he pastored and they would encounter the presence of God as 1 Corinthians 14 says. So in preparation for a believers meeting, personally, I'm going to prepare different because most meetings I study a lot. I pray over certain things that the Lord, I usually get a half hour to an hour message ready to go. But in a meeting like this that we're moving into now, I, I feel like the Lord's telling me to be more prayed up than just studied up. You'll, you'll be praying and scriptures are going to come to you, but it's more about mulling over those scriptures and seeing how the Lord, I, I think we all need meetings like this to go a little farther in our spiritual development and our sensitivity to the Lord and our ministering our gifts to one another. And so I, I think you should consider how you should prepare for a meeting like this. Right. Um, it, it's really, you know, don't get me wrong. The Lord may say, you know, jot down that psalm and bring it, you know, um, or write down that exhortation and bring it and read that first sentence and I'll give you the other 10 sentences after you read the first sentence. And, you know, you know be ready is what I'm saying. Be ready. And then let's all expect that the right things in that meeting happen, that the right people are called on, that the right people are uh, you know, invited to come forward, grab the microphone or whatever. And let's have some believers meetings, guys. These are powerful meetings. I mean, the, there's, the miraculous comes out of meetings like this. I, I was telling Carla again earlier that there is so much potential in our church to see such great things. And I think meetings like this is going to help us to huddle and, and 
move out and develop in certain areas to where the potential that we've had all along is going to go sky high. I mean, let's face it. You have something that this person over here might need that I don't even have. I may have something that this person needs. You may have something that she needs that I don't have. You see how we need to work together on this? And this is one of the reasons we're studying the gifts of the Spirit, too. It's because you have to be aware of areas and ways the Lord's going to use you if you're going to be yielding properly and operating like you should be. So I would like to pray for some time now, right now, and just get the Lord's mind on these meetings coming up. That this is, I knew that tonight would be mostly a teaching and an exhortation on what believers' meetings are. Um, let, me, let me show you one more meeting real quick before we pray. Go to First, First Chronicles 5, or is it Second Chronicles 5? Second Chronicles chapter 5. I would call this another believers' meeting. It's the dedication of the temple that Solomon just got done building for the Lord. And I want to start in verse 12. Look, just look at this before we ask the Lord for some help here. 2 Chronicles 5, 12. It says, The Levites, which were the singers, and all them of Asaph, Heman, and Jeduthun, with their sons and their brethren, being arrayed in white linen, having cymbals and psalteries and harps, stood at the east end of the altar, and with them 120 priests sounding with trumpets. It came even to pass, as the trumpeters and singers were as one, so unity is very important if you want a meeting like this, to make one sound to be heard in praising and thanking the Lord, so praise and thanksgiving is a part of a powerful meeting like this, and when they lifted up their voice with the trumpets and cymbals and instruments of music and praised the Lord, saying, For he is good, for his mercy endures forever, that then the temple was filled with a cloud, the physical structure they were in, even the house of the Lord, so that the priests could not stand to minister by reason of the cloud inside a building, for the glory of the Lord had filled the house of the Lord. Wow, that's just... And the Lord wants us to have meetings like this. He wants us to see His glory at times and feel His glory at times. You know, there's nothing wrong with feelings. I mean, you just have to make sure feelings aren't your boss and your guide and your God. But it's okay to feel the presence of the Lord at times. It's totally okay. It cleans you out, man. It, it sets you free. It's powerful. It's wonderful. And so that's another example right there of a believer's meeting where they all got together in one accord. They meant business. They came to church. They gathered as believers. And they worshiped the Lord. They were in one accord. They weren't in these funky attitudes one toward another. They were worshiping God. And the glory of God hit. And I think that's what Brother Hagin was talking about. When some of these meetings, the glory of God hits, you carry that with you for months after that meeting. Just thinking about it puts a smile on your face like, glory to God. We were in the presence of Jesus. And back in, in Brother Hagin's days, I think it was 49 or something like that when he had these meetings, when he was pastoring, they didn't have a nursery. They brought the kids into the service. And he said for an hour and a half at times, hour and a half at times, not a baby cried, not a kid fussed. He said the presence of God was so thick in those meetings, you just, you just didn't want to move. A holy awe filled the auditorium. And you know 
In times like that, things are just getting totally fixed on the inside of people. Things doctors and psychiatrists can't fix. Things that in the soul, in the mind area, even in the physical area. Brother Hagen talks about people in one meeting that they were having a believer's meeting. He said something like a big flash bulb went off and everybody, this bright light just went, whoa! And, and right after that light flashed like that, people were at the altar. Like, like people back here were just immediately at the altar. Nobody felt them walk by them. They were just, a big flash of light hit. They're all at the altar getting saved. People who weren't filled with the Spirit got filled with the Spirit. Every sick person got healed. Nobody laid hands on anybody. Nobody prayed for anybody. Why? Because the glory of God hit in a believer's meeting. Stretcher cases were healed. I mean, people were delivered and set free in some of these meetings called believer's meetings. So let's just pray tonight about this, can we? I know our prayers for an increased manifestation of the miracle power of God have to do with what we're talking about now too because gifts of healings, workings of miracles, special faith, these, these need to start coming forth too. And not just in believers' meetings but on Sunday mornings as well because that's when a lot of sick people maybe are here. So would you pray with me that we go the right direction? That the Lord would help us to see exactly what to do with these meetings? Thank you for listening to today's podcast. For more information about this ministry, visit faithheights.org. You can also find us on Facebook and Instagram. To sow into this ministry, visit faithheights.org and click on the Donate tab. 